0: I'm going to say a line, and wherever you are, finish it. Here we go. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Now you're going. Hey, gee, that was somebody tell him. Somebody's got to tell. Them. That was last week, right? He's risen. He's risen indeed. E, last week. But let me say this. It's been now a full week since Easter. And here's just what my heart's been doing, if I'm really honest. I'm thinking through this thought of he is risen, he is risen indeed. And what I'm finding that's true more and more about the gospel is that it's completely portable. He goes with us wherever we go as believers. Now, for wherever you are, let me throw this at you. Uh, if you take away the trifecta of phone, keys, and wallet, what else do you take with you wherever you go? Don't worry about your phone, keys, wall. Is there anything else that you take with you wherever you go? What's the most portable thing you got on you? For me, it's this. It's real simple. Uh, and you're going to be like, you're weird, G. I don't know why you have that. Um, but this is me. You guys already know that. We're going. Carmex, Chapstick, Automatic's got to be in the pocket. Wherever I go, it's here. One. Two. And you're going to think I'm crazy and it's fine. Uh, golf tees. Why? Why? Uh, you could say there's always a good time to play some golf. You're ready whenever it's available. But these tees in particular were given to me by people that are incredibly special to me. And so when I see these, it reminds me to pray for Chelsea and our family, our kids. Uh, it reminds me to pray for uh, my dearest friends and, and keep them on the front of my brain. These golf tees and several others go with me, literally, wherever I go. If I've got a pocket, these are there. And as I walk through this past week, past these, these seven days, I'll tell you this. I'm reminded over and over again that because the gospel's true, and when we give our life to Jesus, we attach ourselves to him, the Spirit comes in and takes residence in here, and he goes with us wherever we go. He's alive, he has risen, and now. He's reigning. It's the coolest story ever. He is now reigning. And what he wants you to know is that he wants you to know. And he's going to go through the coolest uh, moments to let two guys know today on this road to Emmaus. He wants everybody to know that he is risen and that he is reigning and that his gospel, his truth goes everywhere, it's portable. So what does he do? He shows up to these two guys on the road to Emmaus, and it is so neat to see how it works, and here's what we want to study. Uh, Two things, watch Jesus in this moment, and then the second is watch, study the speed of these disciples. What do you mean, like study their speed? Yes, literally take note of their pace. At the beginning, before Jesus, before they knew it was him, And then post after they had met with Jesus and they knew it. Take note of their speed, take note of their pace, and what you will see is that his presence, the presence of Jesus, determined their pace. His presence determined their pace. Check this out, let me show you. Luke 24, we'll read this together. It's a beautiful passage. It really follows last week's passage. So it it makes total sense that we're reclaiming the beauty of the truth and we're taking last Sunday's truth of he is risen, he is risen indeed into today. We don't leave it at last Sunday. We take the beauty of the resurrected Jesus into today. Here we go. We walk through it. Meet me in Luke 24. Verse 13 says it this way. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. Verse 15, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Let me say that again. Jesus himself drew near and goes with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, Hey, what's this conversation you guys are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Verse 18 Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And Jesus said to them, What things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God, and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels. These angels said that he was alive. Last verse, 24. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see. They did not see. The crazy thing is, you have last week, he is risen, risen indeed. Jesus does what no one else could do for you. He rises. And the beauty of 13 it says on that very day so the continuation of the Easter morning is actually right here right now today the rest of it says it this way you got two guys on the road to Emmaus seven miles from Jerusalem so these two disciples they weren't the inner apostles okay but they were a part of the disciples those who had followed Jesus and they had heard and seen a lot they were in Jerusalem when this all went down And they walked away. Remember, take note of the pace here. They were walking from Jerusalem back to Emmaus, a seven-mile trip. And here's what Jesus does in the first act mentioned in Luke post-resurrection. Jesus has got to tell them that it's real. And here's what happens. Jesus comes alongside them And while they were talking with each other about all these things, and while they were discussing together, one version says arguing, heated conversation, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. You got that picture? The three now walking together. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. The Lord kept these men from knowing who he was in this moment. He's got a plan. Let's watch the plan unfold. And he said to them in verse 17, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? Now, I love Jesus in this moment because you know as well as I do, the word is omniscient. Jesus knows everything. He's got it all figured out. But he wants to entertain a conversation. What are you guys talking about? Let's walk together. And Jesus assumes the role of listener right here. And he hears him out what patience the king has what is this conversation you're holding as you walk and then guys they stood still and looked sad again note their pace Note their pace. Walking from Jerusalem back to Emmaus, it's merely a walk. And then when Jesus poses the question, hey, what's happened here? They can't even move. They stand still and their faces are discouraged. They're sad. It goes on. Then Cleopas, we don't know much about him, we don't even know a name of the other disciple. But Cleopas asks, are you the only one? who has no idea what's going on here. Um, I love this. Um, I love this. Check this out. Tabidi Anjabwile. I think I got that right. Incredible preacher, incredible pastor. He says it this way. Imagine being known for asking Jesus whether he knew about the crucifixion. That's this moment. Imagine... Being the guy, the person that asked Jesus in this moment if he had heard of the crucifixion. That's essentially what Cleopas has done. He doesn't get it. His face is kept from recognizing Jesus. And Tiberius says it right. What a moment. And then they unpack it. Jesus says what things? And they say concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, miracles, preaching before God and the people. And then they say, and how our chief priest, our own, the Jews gave him over to the Romans and they delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. Verse 21 tells you exactly where they are. Say it simply, but we had hoped. In other words, we had hoped. It's past tense. Hope for these two in this moment is gone on their way back to Emmaus. No wonder they're walking slow. They're discouraged, they're dejected, and all of a sudden they have zero purpose. Finishes up, some of those who were with us went to the tomb. Verse 24, found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So get this, you have the two hearing the reports of this and they wouldn't entertain it, they did not believe it. The crazy thing is, the one who was crucified and risen is right with them. Now, if we fast forward into the story, and I don't want to go too far, but if you fast forward into the story, things change. There is a moment at a dinner table over the breaking of bread where Jesus allows them to understand and recognize exactly who he is. And in that moment, everything is changed. Flip over, skip down, whatever it looks like for you, to verse 33. In response to recognizing Jesus, they rose at that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. So get this. You have the two on the road to Emmaus and their pace, their speed, lacking, slow, as soon as they see that it's Jesus, Jesus then disappears. They get up from that very table, that very moment, and they book it back to Jerusalem. They had just walked the seven miles to get to Jerusalem over to Emmaus, and they said, oh my goodness, it's all true. In that moment, the beautiful reality of the resurrection was portable and real to them. And here's the cool thing. It's like Peter and John before the Sanhedrin when you get later on in the New Testament. These guys couldn't help but speaking about what they had seen and heard. It was fully on from that moment. And they rush back, they get with the 11 and they announce this beautiful thing. They found the 11 and those who were with them gathered saying, the Lord has risen indeed and also appeared to Simon. His presence changed everything for them. Get this, I think the first half of the story, it's a he is risen question mark for this folks. And we have the the beauty of being on this other side of this and we're going, yeah, man, how can you not see it? But in that moment, I think if I was in their shoes, I may be them. Doubting Thomas gets a bad rap. There were others, probably me in that moment. And he literally showed up in this house And with the rest of the 11 come to the conclusion he has risen indeed. His presence determines their pace. Look at it. On the way to Emmaus, slow. When they realized it was all true, it was, who can I tell this to? I've got to get back there. This is an emergency. It all happened. It's real. He has risen. He has risen indeed. It's really, really cool. You know Jesus like that? You know Jesus like that where it, will, it just bubbles up inside of you and you just got to let other people know. If you know him and you are working on mastering this book, that bubbling will occur and you've got to tell everybody you know how good it is that Jesus has risen. Do you know Jesus like that? I'll tell you this. He determines your pace too. He determines your pace too. Let me argue this, just for a minute. He who sets your pace matters. Whoever sets your pace matters. Can I just make an argument today for the one whose yoke is easy and the one whose burden is light? He gets you knows you created you and therefore is the only one who's going to get this whole pace thing right in your life i'm not a runner never have been i was probably the last kid to make woodlands cross-country team in 1996 97 the team was good i was bad uh it was awful I attempt to run now because of the discipline of it, and my dog really likes it. Scout is my pup, he's a golden retriever, and most mornings you will find us, um, you will find me being dragged around Crockett Park. Uh, He is the worst pace setter in the history of pace setters. Um, I throw the collar on him, he's got a leash, that's about yay long, and Scout and I are off. And I thought, man, I'm just gonna do this, this is gonna be awesome, Scout's the pace setter, or I am supposed to be the pace setter, what I found out day one, is that he wants nobody else leading. Nobody else leading. So what is that picture? It's an awkward picture of all of these people at Crockett Park who are really good runners and understand what they're doing and their dogs behave. And then it's me with my eight-year-old golden retriever and he is literally pulling me around the park. You thought, like, well, doesn't that help your running? No, it pulls your arm out of socket and that pace is brutal. In fact, it kills any chance that I have of doing this long-term because the pace is wrong. He wants to go full speed all the time, and I can't handle that pace. He doesn't understand what I need best. Can I just argue that Jesus does understand what pace you need best? And he is the perfect one to go, hey, I am king. I am the best master there is. Let me determine your pace. Watch me fill you, and then things change Watch as things change. You just start to blow up in worship until everybody you know how good this king is. And some of you are going, there is an argument here. Some of you are going, well, these guys, like they were with Jesus. They saw him. So it was like super easy after that to, sh- to share something about someone they saw. Like h- how do I do it? How do I do this? I've got fear. I don't know what my friends are going to think, my family, what do, I, what do I do? I like the question a lot. To this, Ray Ortland says this, excuse me, Dane, his son says this. I want to read this to you. Jesus Christ is closer to you today than he was to the sinners and sufferers he spoke with and touched in his earthly ministry. Through his spirit, Let me say this, through his spirit, Christ's own heart envelops his people with an embrace nearer and tighter than any physical embrace could ever achieve. His actions on earth in a body reflected his heart. The same heart now acts in the same way towards us for we are his body. Post ascension, so there's a moment after resurrection, when Jesus goes to the right hand of the Father. It's called the ascension, Acts chapter one. The beautiful doctrine that we've got to base the rest of this out of is post-ascension. In other words, on this side, if you and I give our lives to Jesus, attach our life to him, forgiveness of sin happens. There is a beautiful exchange where Jesus gets your mess and he implants his spirit in you to lead, guide, and direct That's how portability is possible. You get the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me just toss buckets of freedom at you right now. If you believe in Jesus and you've given him your whole life and you have no idea how to have a gospel conversation, it's okay. The hope for your friends, the hope for your school, the hope for your sweet mate in your college dorm or your grandmother or your grandfather or your parents or as you see different people coming into this summer coming up, the hope for them is not you. The hope for them is not you. The hope is in you. Do you see the difference? pressure's off. The hope is not you. The hope is in you. You. Now, Paul stresses this over and over and over. You get, you get to Colossians and he will say, uh, the hope is Christ in you is the hope of glory. And you could even refer to that and go back to that and go, okay, it's Christ in me, that's the hope of glory. That deletes the idea completely that it's Christ and me. Like Garrett and Jesus are gonna tag team this thing and it's gonna be awesome. What I've learned in 39 years of Garrett trying to do this thing with Jesus is Garrett fails miserably. but he hasn't Christ in me hasn't, but you got to let Jesus and I've got to let Jesus prune me, shape me, trim things in my heart that aren't of him to where I blow up in worship. And then it just automatically happens that I want to share this beauty with other people. It's Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. That is how this whole portability idea is possible. You see the freedom here? Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're not the hope. He in you is the hope. That's how these gospel conversations happen. Jesus in his goodness in the Father's just wondrous plan and mercy has come for us. He is risen, he ascended, and on this side of that has implanted in those who believe the spirit to guide, lead, direct, and yes, give you all the words when you're trying to share your faith with people. It's him in you that does it. Let it happen. He is the only one that can correctly move you along and set your pace determine your pace his yoke easy his burden light he has risen fam he has risen he's risen indeed if you don't know him you've never given your life to him we want to give you that shot there will be people if you're watching online right now which makes a whole lot of sense because that is what this is geared for Find us in the comments. How do I I accept Christ? What does it mean to have lordship with Jesus? Let us know what that is. We're here for you. We're going to walk with you. But he has risen. He has risen indeed. His presence determines your pace. He's good like that. Find us online. Ask questions. We would love the opportunity to talk with you. Thanks for joining us here this day have a great day. Jesus has risen. He's risen indeed.